Throw us to this. 1930 the experience is, is everything here, really. It's uh, it's full dice. Uh, that's why we're here. Yeah. We, yeah. We thought, what better venue to tell these crazy stories than this, uh, these unique stories than a unique place? Absolutely. Like this. So late night crowd. What All right. We, so uh, we're, we're, we've got some stories tonight. We we gotta yeah go gears got now. Another one. <laughs> right, I got one for you. I can I can I can preface if you like. Preface. Uh, feel free to be playing along. Big big bug. I can't even say it. Big Bob well, Bingo, which is still going in the audience. Oh. Your, your, your card is still good from the last uh, the last viewing, so you know, okay, keep so it up. We're continuing <laughs> on, and then if someone gets a line, then yeah. we will play for an X or four corners or who knows, full card. <laughs> or just who just yeah did the most Xing. Is it, did I say, did I say <laughs> Xing? What did I say? Sexing? What did he I said say? he said sexting, but that's only because he has an internet fetish. No X do damn, you even, damn you, Facebook. Do you even bingo, bro? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Okay, this story could include alcohol, yeah? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. Okay, all right. Blow our fucking minds with another crazy story. Okay. Yeah. Dig deep. So, dig deep. So, the last story was somewhat lighthearted. And I think I might get a little more serious than this one. It's only because the week I've had reminds me of, of a little more serious. Um, I dedicate this story to a woman named Caitlin. And I'm going to dedicate it to her because she didn't make it through uh, the 39 Drunken Disorderlies. And that's just another factor of this, this whole thing. Like she's not, no longer with yeah, us? Yeah, she's no longer with saying? us. Okay, well, she's no longer with us. Uh, so let's give one for Caitlin, yeah, okay? for the dead homies. They're all the, the soldiers and yep. the people who... So the reality of this is, as much as I tell these stories in, in a humorous way with you, and I'm trying to enjoy them as much as we all are, there's a reality to all of this. And the reality is this is real life. These are people stories about people, with people, you know, the reality of it. And I don't want to sugarcoat that because I think that would be disingenuous. So I'm not going to. So again, like most of these stories, it starts the same way. There was a time that I used to drink a lot more than I do now. Used to do a lot of drugs, used to party really hard. And I was at a house party, <clears throat> and yeah, the tequila was flowing. I know that's on the card. Uh, the tequila was flowing, and the shots were going, and everything was amazing. You know, normal night, like you'd expect. Just having a great time. And all of a sudden, I get tapped on the shoulder by a friend of mine, and he's like, I think, uh, I think a bad batch of drugs has come through the party. Oh, great. Whoa, what is and I was like, well, okay, you know, I'm 18, 19, like everyone else here, why are you telling me? <laughs> and he's like, well, because you seem like you could 
handle what's going on here. I'm like, no, no, I just drink a lot more than you guys. So like, I'm not as fucked up as you right now. So sure, I guess, I guess tap, tap on the shoulder. You're the guy that goes for it, right? So I walk upstairs to the, the master bedroom and the ensuite bathroom is completely wall to wall painted in vomit. <laughs> like wall to wall. What does that look like? Uh, it, it, look, it looks like a Jackson Pollock painting, <laughs> but, but only in uh, tri-colors, right? I was going to say, it's a, it's a very bold interior design choice. Pretty uh, much. You have vomit. And it was a very nice house. Obviously not the kind of house I could afford, the kind of house I grew oh. up in. That was a uh, period. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was his, it was his uh, green and puce <laughs> period. So, Welcome to the vomitorium. I find, I, find, uh, I find two young women upstairs, one of whom is still wandering around, but probably shouldn't be, and the other is laying on the floor. So not knowing shit about, you know, overdoses or people high on drugs. I mean, I'm just some drunken fucking kid. Like, what the fuck do I know, right? I, I pick this girl up who's on the floor. I'm like, we're just going to walk. We're going to walk around until, like, this disappears, right? So we're out on the street. And I've, you know, I've got this young woman draped over my shoulders. We're just walking around the block, around and around and around. This is a pretty ritzy neighborhood. So within fairly short order, we've attracted attention. Yeah. I mean, somebody, yeah, somebody looking out the front window says, there's this giant guy dragging this comatose <laughs> around the block over and over and over again, right? Thank God you're a friendly giant, because is this a good Samaritan, or are we witnessing an abduction right now? Well, again, nobody came outside to ask. Only we came outside to ask. So after about maybe the 10th, 15th rotation around the block, she's starting to become a little more cogent, you know, and, and, and waking up out of it. And this police cruiser pulls up, right? <laughs> Always with the police. And I'm holding, this, I'm holding her up by, like, the belt and the shoulder, like, you know, trying to walk around. And this cop's like, uh, again, what's going on here, Sonny? You know, out, of the, out of the car, and I, I look over, and I'm fucked. I'm wasted. I'm like, man, I don't even know. I'm like, what do you think is going on here? I'm just, I'm just dragging this girl on the block, you know? Like, it's lots of fun for me here, pal, you know? I, I... So he, he gets out of the car, and he's like, ma'am, do you know this man? She's like, <laughs> and I take that as, I'm like, yeah, she totally knows me. We're friends. Like, we go to the same school. Like, it's all good. Everything's fine. Like, that. Yeah, he's like, uh, let the lady speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, I really hope she could say something. Like, could you say something now, please? Like, anything. Anything. Yeah. So she throws up on me promptly She's fine. in front of the cop. And he's like, I think, I think maybe you, uh, you kids have been drinking. Oh, yeah. My, real, real fun. Again, I should have said nothing. Best. I should have said nothing, right? What I said was, man. Is that why you get the big bucks? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Sherlock, is that you? I'm like, wow, you figured this one out. No forensics or nothing. You caught that one, eh? Oh, so he puts me in the back of the car, and he's trying to talk to this girl. She falls on the front lawn of this house, and she's out cold laying on the lawn. He's like, ma'am, 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 excuse me, dear, ma'am, young lady. And I'm sitting in the car like, she can't hear you right now, pal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's out cold. Like, far, far beyond sort of out cold. So I end up with uh, a ride home from the cops being like, yeah, this drunken guy was manhandling some unconscious woman right. around this ritzy neighborhood. Right. Basically, they witnessed the movie yeah. King Kong 
Yeah. And you're King Kong, yeah. and the girl is the blonde girl from King Kong. And, and like, she wasn't even good at vaudeville. Kong. Put that girl down. King Kong, King Kong. <laughs> so, King I mean, Kong. anyway, the next morning my mom says to me, she's like, so the cops dropped you off and said something about you wandering around the neighborhood in this rich neighborhood, like carrying this girl on your shoulders <laughs> for like three and a half hours. And I was like, oh, yeah? Hmm. What day is it? And she's like, it's, it's, it's Wednesday morning. I'm like, hmm. OK, sure. Get a, get a phone message from some constable on my phone the next morning. Um, we have to ask some questions, Mr. Malcolm. Apparently, there was a house party. And uh, a bad batch of drugs went around. And I'm like, yeah. I told you that last night when you had me in the back of this car, I think, you know? But what do you want, what do you want to know now? And like, well, a young woman overdosed at this party and ended up in the hospital, and she didn't make it. And it was the other girl, the one that I didn't carry around the block. And I learned later from people much more experienced in doing drugs than me that physical activity can sometimes be the difference between Surviving and not surviving. If you wander around, your blood's flowing, and you know. These are semi-conscious. Yeah, yeah. Because when you when you black out, it's the. The. the Giving up. Yeah, it's the. The deep, uh, the deep unconsciousness. What, what do they call this? The, the melatonin, and the, your, your actual unconscious drugs that your body produces to keep you asleep can kill you when you're that high. Well, so, one survived and one didn't. And the reason I bring this story up is because last Wednesday I saw a guy die on the sidewalk. The life of Bob. This is what this is. And I didn't know. Constant reminders. I didn't know why it didn't affect me as much until I thought back on how many times I've seen these similar, somewhat horrifying experiences. And it occurred to me then and there that I have to sometimes say to you, you know, like I said, I don't advocate sex, drugs, and rock and roll for anyone. I really don't, because it's fun. And it's, it's a blast, but you can also get in over your head really fast. And this town has taught me that it can chew you up and spit you out just as quickly as it can make you a superstar. So sometimes you have the greatest night of your life, and everything is fantastic, and everyone is happy, and everyone's great. And other nights, you get a phone call the day after, and you're blackout drunk, and you're like, oh, yeah, I had a great time last night. Sure, the cops busted me a bit. No, it was all fun. But somebody dies, you know? And I think, I think Today, more than ever, in, in the world we live in, we have to recognize that life not only is short, but it's precious. And we can miss that in the moment because things are always the same. You know? I mean, and when you're partying really hard, things are always the same. You wake up at, you know, the sun goes down, you're the one crawling out of bed with a bottle of whiskey in your hand, you know what I mean? There's lines chopped up on the coffee table. Like, you don't think twice about it. You just get up and you live it again. And you do it. You do it over and over and over again. And it never occurs to you in the moment that this is that moment. Like, you're living it now, but you might not be. And a lot of people haven't. A lot of people have reached that point and fallen over the edge. So. I guess I dedicate that story to her because I want, it was one of the drunken disorderlies. The cops, again, put on my file. He was drunk and obnoxious and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was funny. I said a bunch of shit to them. And I don't even remember half of it. But the truth of that story for me was 48 hours later when I'm you know, lying in the attic in my mom's place 
And I get that phone call from a buddy of mine. He's like, you know, Caitlin, she didn't make it, eh? And I was like, who? And he says, the other girl, the one you didn't, because she was still ambulatory. She was moving around. I thought she was fine, right? So I took the one who was passed out, I guess, you know? So someone's choices, and this says it was mine, made a big difference. You know, it changed someone's life. But uh, yeah, you can lose it really quick. And you can party so hard that you don't even see it. You don't even realize, like I said, I, the next day, Caitlin who? Now, this is 20 years down the road. And I'm dedicating this story to a woman who I met once for three minutes, 15 minutes before she died. I'm not going to forget her name anytime soon because of how important that is to me, right? That, that, that single moment in time defined the life and death of someone, you know? And it was nothing then, right? And we've all had those it nights. It was fun yeah, in the moment. Yeah, exactly. We've, we've all had those nights. You go out and you, you party really hard, and you think there's no consequences for it because we're just, you know, we're having a good time. It's just have people having a good time. And often there isn't. But the truth is, the truth is that it's a, it's a two-edged sword, right? It cuts both ways. It is, it is both the greatest of times you'll ever have, but it's also the most real you'll ever be. And as we get older, we forget that because we get sucked into our jobs, we get caught into our lives, we get stuck in the day-to-day, -day, paying the bills, you know, going to school, whatever it is that we do, we get stuck in that and we forget that the greatest days of our lives were also probably the most dangerous. You know, the stupid things that you did were probably the greatest. Yeah, because I think we're always trying to reach that self-sabotage a little bit where you kind of give yourself a bit of a, a challenge or a bit of a, an edge. And you go, let's see if I can handle this. Let's see if I can, if I can, if I can do it. Of course. This thing. But I think it's because it's also you feel a bit like you just pointed out, like, you're, like you got to live at the same time. Yeah. I feel like you gotta, you got to take risk and take take. And you know what, though? I guess the takeaway from that is I'm not saying, I'm not saying that uh, you shouldn't go out and you shouldn't do these things. In fact, I'm saying you should. Because even the terrible experiences, even shit like that that I won't forget forever, that makes you a person, a real person. Like, I can simply say I've had these experiences and they have changed and evolved the character of my life. So I, I don't take these things for granted anymore, you know? When I meet someone who I really care about, when I have a moment that I really enjoy, I remember it. I cherish it. Whereas it's very easy to wake up in the morning and simply say, well, this is just another day. We're just going to go through this day. And Wednesday brought that back to me because I saw an old man collapse on the street and he passed away. And I was the only witness to this moment. So I stood there and I watched them defibrillate and they couldn't bring him back. And you know, the cops talked to me, and I said to them, okay, you know, I'm, my name's Robert Malcolm. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, well, I saw this guy fall on the sidewalk. And he said to me, well, that's, you know, I'm really glad you came forward because now we know there's no foul play. I mean, the moment of this man's departure from our human realm, he, nobody knew him. Nobody was there for him except for random strangers. And I was one of them. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no memorandum to the moments of this man's life outside of the fact that he collapsed on the sidewalk and expired. You see? 
And Caitlin's the same way. She went to a party. She was young, vivacious, ready to rock and roll, have a good time, you know? Never saw, uh, I guess, the, the proverbial bus around the corner, you know? And then my grandmother always said, wear clean underwear, because you get hit by a bus tomorrow, right? You know? That what it was? Yeah. Well, cause, yeah, because we get occasional wake-up calls, you know? Yeah. We live our lives. You're going to live your life. You're going to do it however you want. But occasionally, you, you get the same lesson over and over again. So you get these wake-up calls, these realizations. And that's one of the things you'll see. I think if you, if you follow this podcast, you'll definitely see there's a trend where I'm both ecstatic and pleased and joyful of the moments of utter madness that I had. But it's also very real. I want people to understand. This was not just you know cakewalks in the park. It wasn't just, I am drunk and high, and that's great, and everyone should do that. Uh, I literally mean what I say when I quote Hunter S. Thompson. You know, it, it isn't for everybody. Because it's a sword that cuts both ways. As, as amazing and amazingly fun as being a punk rock musician and being a, a, a bouncer and a bartender and, and, and you know, a man about town was for all those years, it comes with the price of a lot of faces. You know? There are a lot of faces that you're never going to see again. There's a lot of people, a lot of characters, again, who you may never have even really met. You know? Well, and you've had these experiences put on, bestowed on you at kind of a young age, right? Like yeah. You, we talk about these 39 drug and disorderlies, but you accumulated those through, what, a five or six well, when span? Well, yeah, between when I was eight, 18, 19 to 22 to 25. So, like, you know, a six, seven-year period total. Yeah, doing your growing when, when some or most do, yeah. but at an exponential rate. Well, like I said, some guys went and got a bachelor's degree in finance, mm. <laughs> right? I worked in bars and in booze cans and as a bodyguard for all those, you know, developmental years. So, I mean, I, I saw a totally different side of the world. You know, and every city's like that, too. It's a flip side. It's a coin, you know? And we all notice. I mean, if you, you've come to a, you know, here, here we are now, a late-night Toronto venue. We're all sitting here having, you know, these conversations. We're talking, thinking about these things. This is part of that coin, right? The city flips. At 5 p.m., everyone punches out, you know, the, the sheep and the dog and, the, you know, the old WB commercials walk by each other. Good night, Ralph. Good night, Frank, you know, and the world ends. I love that guy. Right. Well, that's not how it is, right? You know, you punch out at 5, and I'm punching in. You see what I mean? And the whole world just flips over, and the rest of it happens. You know, that, that sort of rotten fish underbelly of every city becomes real. It becomes the day-to-day, -day, the grind. It becomes the normal. And after 20 years of that, the normal is so normal right. that it's easy to forget. Like, I'm standing on the street corner, smoking a cigarette, talking to the cops, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, this dude, just, dude just died on the street. And I'm like, that's pretty weird. You know, and I called my buddy, and I'm like, dude, I think I just saw some guy die on the street. And he was like, yeah, of course you did, Bob. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, that shit happens to you, man. And I was like, okay. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. He's like, yeah, okay, man. Are you all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm okay, but kind of weird, you know? It's, it's actually one thing you, you mentioned it, it being normal. Like you do it so many times, it just seemed like it was a normal night kind of thing. It's really interesting. I find that, um, like for me, I was pretty like into boozing at university, like crazy, blackout, blackout, drunk, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I slowed down in my 30s, and now, like, I think, 
maybe this past year, I can think of one occasion where I woke up and I was blackout drunk, but it's, it always seems so normal. And when you, when you break it down, what you actually did is like, yeah, you went out to have fun, you poison yourself to the point where your brain shuts off, no motor function, you can't speak, you can't do anything. And then, but I remember my 20s waking up with my buddies at university and it was fun to hear the That was the, the greatest stories. thing, yeah. Like, oh, that was the man. greatest thing. Oh man, you should have seen the fuck that you were crazy last night after the bar and we went to get poutine and we went to get this and then like connecting the dots the next day where you're looking at your receipts and checking your phone and checking your calls made, text receives, text made. Like shit, I was at Wendy's at 4 a.m. Like all this shit where you're connecting the dots, thinking of like this alter ego and, and a lot of the times it's like glorified fun stories but sometimes it's like who the fuck was this guy? Like, did I, like, where you, like, you wake up and you have bruises or you vaguely recollect a, a, a tussle with cops or you got in a fight but you don't remember but you have, like, scratch marks and bruises on you? Like, but Yeah, we talk about that. At a certain age, that's, like, kind of normal and it's ha-ha-ha, but then it's, like, when you're 40 years old and you're just, like, blackout drunk and you're, like, you're losing your phone and you're derailing your entire life for a, for a day out of the week or multiple days... It's kind of like, oh, when does this become... Oh, we got a bingo! <laughs> what was the winning word? You gotta yell bingo. Yell it? We've been waiting, man. It's yeah, it's you gotta say bingo, man. Oh, when did it Somebody come said up? fight? Yeah. Uh, we have a bingo. Uh, oh, Big Bob we, uh, Bingo. So I think we gotta do... We got our first Big Bob Bingo! Big Bob Bingo! So, if you want to get another drink, grab another beer, and that, uh, that'll be on us for tonight. But the prize All right, tonight... But on, on a high note, I want to end that one on a high note. Prize. I'll tell you this. You I actually met Katie's parents um, seven years later, and I didn't know them. They didn't know me, but they knew another friend of ours, and I was at a graduation party, and they were there, and someone said, that's the guy that saved... I don't know the girl's name who I saved. Honestly, I can't remember. Llewellyn, Susan, whatever... But the other girl, the one that I saved, like they said, that's the that's the guy. And this dude came up to me, and he was an older guy at this house party. It was like, you know, end of a graduation ceremony. I was kind of weirded out. I'm like at this guy's house, and this old dude came up to me and goes, "Excuse me, can I talk to you for a second? I'm really serious, right?" And I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, okay, man." Like I have to tell you, I'm like really kind of stoned and drunk as fuck. But we want to have a serious conversation. Let's do that. He's like, "No, it's okay. I've heard about you." I'm like, "Uh oh." <laughs> right? <laughs> we go out on the porch, and he's like, I just want to tell you, you know, uh, people talk about you in relation to my daughter's dad. And they say that you were kind of a hero. Like, you took charge when no one else would. And I said, no. It's not that no one else would. It's that no one else could. That was it. Everyone was wasted. I was just slightly less wasted. And that's just a matter of genetics. <laughs> right? Like... I'm sorry, we were all drinking just as hard, but I have the body weight, 450 pounds, I'm seven feet tall, right? Like, yes, I can probably drink you under the table. The point is, that wasn't what happened. What happened was I was partying just as hard as everyone else, I just hadn't got there yet. And because I wasn't there yet, and I don't want you to think of me in some kind of heroic light, that was stupid. It was stupid, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. In a way, it was your super strength. Well, yeah, I guess, but it was just a moment, again, like I say, a moment in time. But anyway, and he said to me, he said to me, it was, it was silly, but he said to me, look, you know, people talk about you like you were a hero. I know you're just a, a kid like everyone else at this parties and stuff, you know, you were. But I want to thank you for doing something because a lot of people have done nothing. And I guess that's a takeaway. We all know we've had those moments when there's nothing you can do. 
It's important to recognize that. Sometimes you can't do anything. When you can, it's important to recognize that too. Because that's when you do something. Even if it's, even if it's little, but it's all you can do, for fuck's sake, do it. I mean, how much does that hurt, right? I'll tell you this, if I, if I had not done anything, then this story today would probably have a very different ending. And I wouldn't be proud of it. I wouldn't tell it. But I'm only proud of it because instead of two deaths, there was one. And instead of two tragedies, there was one. And I really don't mind getting arrested and spending the night, like, you know, Explaining to my mother why the cops drove me home and having no idea what to say, like, I don't know why they drove me home. I was fucking wasted. Because I had no idea. And the 48 hour calls later, piecing it all back together and getting the whole story after the fact. Just like you were saying, like, you know, the fun of it, a lot of nights, the exact opposite. You're like, yeah, I went to the circus. We were drunk. We rode fucking rides. Like, you went, down, you, you went swimming naked off the pier. Like, you were mentally, it was crazy. You know, you took your pants off and rode the streetcar all night. It was fantastic, right? Those are the same. It's the same 48 hour later, right? And that's the thing, a lot of these stories happen in the, uh, almost in the post-production of life. You're putting together those Facebook posts or those, those text messages, those, in those calls, and you see the first two calls and you're like, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> you're like, this is gonna go somewhere interesting right away. And then you, so then you start calling the people on that list and you're like, hey man, was I at your house last night? They're like, yeah, and I'm like, excellent. Okay, so that's one piece of the puzzle, I was there. <laughs> so, uh, was everything awesome? <laughs> They're like, well, was, you know, you punched a hole in my wall and wore my lampshade around. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I can ride that one down. Anything else? <laughs> well, I don't know, there was kind of this thing, there was some cops, went, yeah, see, that's the part I quasi remember that I think might be the problem. There were some cops around, what did they do? <laughs> like, well, I guess they handcuffed you on the lawn, right. <laughs> All right, I gotta call the next guy on my list now. So you call the next guy and you're like, did you see the handcuffs on the lawn? They're like, yeah, yeah, I saw the handcuffs on the lawn. Do you know why there were handcuffs on the lawn? No, man, but you were pretty wasted. Okay, next guy on the line, you know. Finally you get down to, yeah, you were handcuffed on the lawn because people were overdosing on drugs and you're the only soberish guy in the room. Then you're like, yes! Could have been totally the other way around, you know what I mean? <laughs> Could have been back to the first story. It was like, I sold them the drugs, and then everyone died, and now here I am. And it wasn't. And I was super pleased with that. Like, and I am to this day, right? And one, one of the things amazing about when you did this is we're really one of the last generations where that entire night, every weekend, wouldn't have been documented on Instagram. Absolutely. Like, you things. would have Absolutely. Like, volumes yes. of video footage if all of this would happen. And, and again, like I said with the last one, that's why I abandoned Facebook. Like, I ran away from it. Like, like the, you know, the Mongols were coming over the hills. I was like, are you kidding? Because, you know, a successful drug user compartmentalizes their life. So when I go back to my, like, family reunions or, like, Christmas dinner, there are, like, no conversations about the time I did, like, 25 hits of acid and, like, you know what I mean? Nipple surfed the asphalt down Bay Street at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, right? There's none of these, right? But when Grandma's looking at the photographs on Facebook and being like, were you okay, Robbie? Like, is everything fine? And you're like, how do you... Yes. Yes, yes it was fine, Granny. That was just... Um, was role playing or something. Like, I got really sleepy next to the bar. And that's why I fell asleep backwards, bent into a U over the fucking serving station. You know, just got sleepy. It's impossible to explain that. And nowadays, you're absolutely right. 
you can't do anything without documentation of it. It's gonna happen. Like you can't even, you can't even buy a soda and not have your name and, and address tracked, right? I think also the drug scene today is 10 times more dangerous than it was right. 15, 20 years ago. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the, we have Fenton. at the bars I work at now, we have naloxalone kits and lots of them and we need them. And you know, that's- What's that been like? Cause you work the booze cans. Booze can is the technical term for after hours, just so everybody knows. Um, so that's obviously a place that people go because they do a lot of drugs and want to keep drinking and partying. It's a pug wampus. I mean, sometimes there's no problems whatsoever, and other times it's a nightmare. Did you just say pug wampus? Yes, I did. Not too often I hear a word that I've never ever heard before. That's an actual and word. You, and used in a way that pug like... wampus. That's why I love you because you have these amazing stories, but you're well spoken and very eloquent. You have excellent diction. Was pug wampus on the Bob's Bingo no, card? Nope, but it's gonna be on the next wampus. one, I'm sure. No, but Druge Druge Dilas is wampus. on. If you didn't get the Druge Dilar on there on your card, you're missing out. All right. Well, this uh, episode four, we had a, our first bingo. We've had some heartwarming stories uh, and some real life like yeah, crazy stories. Yeah, we brought stories. a real in episode part I, two here. I got goosebumps. I got a little teary eyed yep. as well. You so. If you all didn't get touched by that, then you don't know what 39 yeah, DD shows all about. Not a real human. And uh, hit us up at 39DD Show. You can hashtag 39DD Show. Please like, do, guys. We love comment, you. Comment, subscribe, share, do the things, tell all your friends, and come out to the next tapings here. Big at shout out. 1830 Snack Bar, 9 Clarence Thank Square, you very downtown much. Toronto. Right here. You guys are the best. Give yourself Good a night, everyone. 39. Drunk at the soda, least 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 39.